You have been made with a purpose and given specific gifts to accomplish your mission. This is Requip. Stay tuned to gain insights to prepare, equip, and empower you to do the work of ministry. Hey, welcome back, everyone out there listening to Requip Podcast. We've been talking in great detail. We've gone over several subjects on this re-mindset. It's about renewing your mind, and it's that promise that we get from the scriptures, that we get from God's word, that you can be free. Someone needs to hear that, that you can be free, because when we look at people, even in the church, we can look outside the church and you absolutely see it, but you would actually expect to see it. And Jesus even called people during his day, yeah, you're slaves. Anyone that continues to sin is a slave to sin. And when you put your faith in Jesus, you get free from the bondage of sin, you get free from the consequence of sin, but too often, many Christians, and I think all of us in some area, in some aspect of our lives, we're still slaves in different areas that we can be free from. And most of it, I think almost all of it, is bondage in our mind. Uh, The Bible tells us that Satan roams around like a lion, looking who he can devour. He roams around like a lion. He is trying to trick you. He's trying to fool you into thinking that he is something to be feared. But if you're a believer, if your faith is in Jesus, Jesus is your representative. Jesus is the one advocating to the Father. Jesus is pleading your case. You're completely free. You're completely clean. You're completely set free from the bondage that the enemy would have you in. But too often, we willingly go into it. And that's what we've been talking about. And we're going to get into something. It's part one of Armor of God. It's time to suit up. That's what I'm calling this. It is suit up with a new mindset. You need to have a mind reset. And we've continued to talk about this and this promise that we find in many places in the scriptures, but we're really landing on Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we realize that there is a pattern to this world. But we can have a renewed mind when we give in to what God tells us, when we follow Jesus fully in every area and we bring things into the light. And we're gonna continue to talk about that. And um, there's so many times that we talk about the armor of God. And if if you've been in Christianity, if you put your faith in Jesus, you've been to maybe men's conferences, you heard different sermons and things like that. And I'll be honest, This is talked about so many times that I almost didn't want to go this route. I almost feel like it it is too cliche. Have just up there, if you're watching on YouTube, just up on my shelf, there is from a men's conference, and it says Armor of God. And it's a statue of the Armor of God. It's from a Roman um, centurion or somebody that was in the Roman army that likely Paul was referring to when he is talking about putting on the armor of God and has all these different articles. But that's almost what it gets relegated to often, where it is just something that we think about, okay, it's the armor of God, we need to suit up, and we're going to be a warrior. And it's relegated to men's conferences and Bible studies, but it needs to be a reality 
for us to have a real mind reset and for it to have the power and purpose that God has put on us. And Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus. This is a real church dealing with real issues. And you notice almost every single time one of the letters is written to a church, it's called an epistle, it's almost always a correction, but quite often it's also an encouragement. And that's what this is meant to be. He's ending off his letter in chapter six, and he's talking about, you need to put on the whole armor of God. And sometimes we miss the purpose though. So I just wanna get into what is the purpose before we get into the different articles of talking about the armor of God. So this is part one. And if you haven't subscribed to Read Quip's podcast, you gotta do it. I highly encourage you to subscribe and uh, you could leave a review also that helps us out in different ways and helps people see that and say, man, I, I might need to check this out. And, and there's been many, many people that have been coming to this podcast. It's been a good supplement for you. This is never meant, never intended to take the place of the local church. It's never meant to take the place of your local pastor that's been teaching you faithfully and, and been trying to equip you. We're just coming alongside him. We're just coming alongside and say, we just wanna help re-equip you. We want to give you a little bit more tools with that. So getting into the purpose, I'll start off with a story. Um, uh, many years ago, I was um, heard about CrossFit. You know, we, we hear about CrossFit now, and this is something so common. But back at this point, and I was actually um, active duty in the Marine Corps, and I was deployed to Iraq. And I was part of this prosecution team that would help out the Iraqi uh, soldiers and the Iraqi courts, and we would work with them, and we would help develop their cases and give it to the Iraqi courts so they could prosecute their criminals. And, and I was so as part of this very diverse group, there were so many different people. There was law enforcement, there was intelligence, there were interrogators, there were um, people that were exploiting documents and media and all this. And there was actually a guy that was from the CIA that was part of this team. And he was in incredible shape. And he was um, probably about 15 years older than me at the time. And, and I'm here in my early 20s. You know, I think I'm in my prime. I think I'm in pretty good shape. And this guy is much older than me. He could run much faster than me. He could lift heavier than me. He was just in better shape. And, and finally, I asked him, hey, what do you, what do, you do? <laughs> you know, like, how do you get like that? What did you do? I'm doing all this stuff. I'm trying to eat right. I'm trying to exercise the way that I've been taught and the way that I've learned over the years. But you're in better shape and you don't do any of the things that I do. So what do you do? And he says, I do CrossFit. I'm like, what? What does that mean? And you got to realize that this was back in uh, the mid-2000s, and maybe you knew about it, but I think many people had never really even heard about CrossFit. And he, and he says, yeah, I do CrossFit, and uh, this is designed to be functional fitness. You know, this is before the time where, where you could say WAD and people actually knew what you meant. Like, if you would say that to me, I would have no clue in the mid-2000s 
And he explained at CrossFit, you know, the purpose of it was to be used by different agencies and special operations, special forces to train people in the way that they would actually operate so they can be functioning in the right way. So they would use some of these sort of a mix of Olympic lifts and exercises, but also with very rugged and functional things. And this was, you know, way before you had a CrossFit gym or CrossFit box on every corner of your city. And before this became a craze and it was very popular and you had CrossFit gyms all over the space and anywhere, even if you go to just sort of a regular gym, you're going to have some area that's like a functional space, right? You're, you see that everywhere now, but this was not the time. I had no clue what this was talking about. There was something that began to happen and then CrossFit was very successful and very helpful for people that were basically warriors. I mean, like this guy, he was incredible shape. He was out doing missions and he was um, very successful at what he had to do as a CIA agent and many other agencies use this as well. And this dude was a warrior. But all of a sudden, something began to change gradually over time. And all of a sudden, CrossFit, which was designed to help people functionally perform better in a physically demanding environment, was now for games to improve how you look. And, and it seemed to lose its purpose. And, and most people, they would spend hours and hours a day training like warriors and the pinnacle was to win a game. Am I the only one that you know sees the irony of this? And I'm not knocking you if you're into CrossFit. I think it's a great way to exercise, a great way to stay in shape, and people get a lot of community from that as well. Not knocking that at all, but there's something that really highlights the point of what I'm getting at is when something that was designed to be very functional is then relegated to you're just training to look better and to play games. Could this be what's happening in the church? And maybe you've heard about the arm of God and you feel like warriors, but maybe you're just training for the wrong thing. So we need to get the purpose. We need to get the context. And, and so we're going to go back and we're going to look at this. And maybe this is so obvious, but I think it could still be overlooked that you are in a battle. You have to understand that you're actually in a spiritual battle. You actually are. Maybe you make six figures. Maybe you go to a comfortable job. Maybe you go to a church and it has nice seats and has a safe environment for the kids and all that. And I love that. And we should have that. But maybe you've missed the fact that you're in a battle. And maybe that's why your mind is being tackled. And maybe that's why the enemy is having a field day with us because we don't know we're in a battle. But when you look at the context, you go back to the scriptures and you look at the context, what was happening and why Paul was bringing up this idea of the armor of God. When you read through chapters two through five in Ephesians, he's making the case that we are not just individuals living this life, but we're a body. He makes that case over and over and over again. He even says that about marriage. He even tells us that, yeah, marriage is about this unity and all that, but really the mystery 
that it really is saying is Christ in the church. Really, it's about this community and it's this unity and it's about this movement where you're not just coming together, but you're moving together. And it's about this directional purpose that you're on pursuit and you're on a mission, but you're doing that with a body. And that's what he's saying. That's what you're putting the armor onto. It's important to think about armor individually, and we're gonna go through that in, in maybe the next podcast or after that, but it's more than that. It's about the church. Whenever the apostles wrote letters, they wrote them to the church. Whenever Jesus came and gave a revelation to John that was on the island of Patmos when he was sent off to that island to die, and Jesus came back to us, I got a message. I actually have a few messages, and it's for seven churches. It's not for individuals, it is for churches. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about things and individuals that are going wrong and things that are, some issues that are happening, but I'm right to the church. Jesus died for the church. The church is Jesus' body. We are his representative. We need to switch our minds and have a mind reset that we're not just individuals, but we're bound together and we're moving together and we're on a mission with the church. So when we get into Ephesians chapter six, verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The whole body needs to put on the whole armor of God. Why? It tells us the purpose, to stand against Satan's schemes. But it's the idea that Satan has a wonderful, evil plan for your life. It's not just God that has a wonderful plan for your life. He's saying you have to know this. You have to get this in your mind because that's where Satan's attacking you is in your mind. He's getting you to think that you need to be afraid. He's getting you to think that you need to be scared of everything. We have so many people that are still so frightened by a virus. We have so many people that are still so frightened by racial tension. We need to realize we're in a battle and it's not those things. Satan's using those things to hinder us. He's using those things to divide the body. He's using those things to get you to be ineffective in your faith. Then Paul explains in Ephesians uh, 6 verse 12, so moving on to the next verse, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. In warfare, there's different levels of warfare because it's with any organization. Because there's an organization that's carrying out their offensive and their operations and their attacks. He's saying the kingdom of darkness, that is the actual one, the spiritual attacks that are coming after you, those are happening on different levels. Those are happening with different authorities and different cosmic powers and different rulers. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against the people that you're fighting. Whenever you think the enemy is a person, you've already missed your target. You've completely missed your target. That's what Paul's trying to stress here. Yeah, 
he knew that there were these issues. But you get to think of the context that Paul was writing this to the church of Ephesus. He's writing in a place where the, the Jews were under subjugation. He's writing in a place where the Roman authority was in power. I mean, he's looking probably at a Roman guard. He's been in prison in Roman prisons. But he doesn't think that they are his enemy. He knows who the real enemy is. And that's why he's able to stay focused. He's able to stay mission focused on where he needs to direct his efforts. But we have to get that there's different levels in warfare. And it's not against flesh and blood, but it is against authorities, powers, and principalities, and cosmic powers that are out there. And it is spiritual and not physical primarily. As we've said many times, battlefield is not only in your mind, but quite often it's from your mind. James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desires, when they are fully conceived, give birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. The patterns we fall into, whether it be de depression or maybe it's lust or addiction of some kind, or maybe it's worry. Jesus said, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. He was commanding you not to. So we can live in this victory. We can step into that freedom where we don't have to worry. We can step into that where we don't have to have this depression that Satan is bringing on us. And I'm not saying that people don't have different chemical issues, chemical imbalances, but you have to understand we're body, soul, and spirit. We are combined, we are wrapped together. So sometimes the way you eat is gonna affect the way you think. Sometimes the things that you let into your mind, that's gonna affect the way that you think. And we've talked about how to overcome some of those pathways that we've created. It's not to say you're, you're at fault, or it's also not to say you're totally the victim. But the point is, we can be free. If, if you don't believe that we can be free, you, you just never will be. I mean, that's just the fact. You, you can be set free from your sin. Jesus did that on the cross. He died on the cross for your sin to pay the price for your sin, paid the penalty, the penalty of death. And he also rose again, showing that he justifies you to the Father. It's just as if you've never sinned. But we have a choice if we need to, if we get to walk in freedom or not here on this earth. And the battlefield's not only in your mind, but quite often it is from your mind. So we need to say something right here, very true, but you need to get this. We will never be free and heal if we do not admit and turn from the sin that we know we like to do, even when we know it's killing us. Your weapon quite often tells you how to fight and often tells you where's your war. Now, just given a purpose here, just given an overview, we're gonna get into the sword of the spirit later on, but I just wanna give an overview and a purpose here. So ancient warfare primarily consisted of three different levels or, or different areas of warfare. Artillery, long range, mounted, on an animal of some way, so you can move quickly, or infantry, where you're up close and personal. And that's the type of weaponry 
that we're given here. It's a sword. It's not one of these huge broad swords. Even that would be close range. But the Romans, they carried a relatively smaller sword than that, only maybe a foot and a half or two feet long. So that's another thing to think about is when we're conducting this warfare, it's going to be close. It's going to it's going to be up close and personal. But you got to understand that you're coming from a place of victory because Jesus has actually already won the war. We just get to participate with him. We're going to get into that later on, but I want to give you some principles before you put on the armor. We're here in part 1, mind reset, the armor of God. The first thing is you already have it. You already have all the armor. Not something you have to work at, not something you have to do. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. The key is that it's in the Lord. The strength is in the Lord. So, so let me let me just help, help you out a little bit. You cannot do anything on your own. You can't do anything on your own. You can't, um, some of the most important things, you can't even make your heartbeat. You can't even make your brain work. You need God for some of the most basic things in your life. We're stepping into something a little bit more advanced when you're actually confronting the evil one. We need God. We just need him. You weren't just a little bad. You're desperately wicked. You you weren't even anywhere near God. You were completely separated from him. Our sin showed us that we're not good and that we're so far away from God. But our behavior doesn't determine where we come from, but it, but it reveals where we come from. But God, but God, won't he do it? God sets us free. God saw how sinful and evil our thoughts were and our actions were. He did not see some fictional future version of yourself and hope, and I just hope that they get there. We post filtered pictures. We post the highlight reels of our life. We embellish how good we once were. But God sent Jesus on a rescue mission for the real you, for the real me. The the me and you that has broken sexuality, that has broken gender identity. The real us that is selfish. You know, the part of us that that is lustful. You know, the part of you and me that is lying. You, you know, the real you, the real me. He said, I want you. That should be so comforting that God doesn't need you. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need you to fight his battles. He doesn't need you to go after people. He doesn't need you to be some amazing person. God doesn't need you because he knows who you really are. But the good news is he wants you. Jesus wants you. Jesus came after you. He knew who you were. He knows the thoughts that you have. He knows the desires that you want to carry out. He knows, but he came and said, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to set you free. Yeah, it looks like dry bones right now. Ezekiel 36 and 37 looks like dry bones. It looks like a heart of stone, but I'm going to make that come alive. I'm going to raise you back to life. You didn't ask for it, but I know what's best for you, and I'm going to do that for you. Jesus died in your place for your sin. The good news is Jesus didn't improve your life. He replaced your broken, dark heart and replaced it with one 
that loves him. Not one that's perfect, but one that loves him. One that's broken over your sin. If you're struggling in an area, the fact that you're struggling might just mean the Holy Spirit's in you. Might just mean that God's still working on you. And the Bible tells us that he who began a good work in you will see it to completion. Hold on to that promise because God is gonna help you through it. He rose again from the grave, proving that he has adopted you into his family. You've been saved by grace through faith. And the second thing you need to know before you put it on is that you have to put it on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The first point was you already have it. Like you already have all the armor. It's already there. It's already, everything's there. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to work for it. But there's something you do have to do. You have to actually put it on. There's so many times like where your mindset just changes when you put on a different set of clothes, when you get dressed. I mean, like, for example, my kids, when if they've slept in or something like that, they come downstairs, maybe they're wearing a robe. Come on. <laughs> maybe they're in their pajamas. Maybe their hair is all messed up. And I say, you need to get upstairs. You need to get dressed. You need to get ready. You need to brush your teeth. You need to act like you're going to do something today. (laughs) Because something changes in your mind when you get dressed, when you get ready. That's why we have this this idea from the scriptures is be prepared for action. You got to be prepared or you'll never take action. Romans 3.14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know how you make provision. Provision just means future vision. You're, you're making, um, you have a thought about, this is how I can allow this to happen. I'm gonna make a provision. I'm gonna set up in a way where I'm gonna gratify the desires of my flesh. Mind of Christ and clothe yourself with him. You got to put on his mindset and you got to clothe yourself. You got to realize, you know, I've been adopted into new family. I got to dress like the king. I got to dress like the soldier in his army. I got to start putting on this armor, meaning you need to see yourselves at being commissioned or enlisted in his service. And you are now in the family of God. That's ultimately how you put it on you realize that that's where you are. Romans 6, 11 says, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You gotta consider that, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that fear. I'm dead to that anxiety. I'm dead to that depression. I'm dead to that addiction. I'm dead to that sexual brokenness, but I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. And when you think that, from personal experience, and it's a promise from God, it's in the scriptures. When you begin to say that out loud and you think that, everything changes. Satan begins to flee. The the desires begin to go away. It, It takes time. It takes time to renew your mind, but there's hope and there's freedom and it's coming. Just trust in God. The third thing is, it's not about you. It's about the church. Satan doesn't just attack individuals. He attacks relationships. You you know, if you remember, immediately after September 11th, the attacks that happened on the Pentagon and the 
trade towers. And after that happened, they realized that there was a network of um, an organization, Al-Qaeda in this case, and also later ISIS emerges. But there was this decentralized command and control structure. There was no clear chain of command, but instead it was really a multifaceted and redundant leadership that you, you take one person out, it was almost like whack-a-mole. If you remember that game, whack-a-mole, that arcade game, you would hit a mole, it'd go down and another one would pop up. You'd hit one, another one would pop up. And that's how it was with a lot of people that were in law enforcement or um, intelligence or military. They, they would go after these things they would go after these people and there was just, another one would just pop up. <laughs> You're like, how do we defeat this thing? But what they realized over time and what began to really degrade it was they went after relationships. They sowed some discord. They got each other to distrust people. They got it where I, I just don't trust that communication means. I don't trust that person that's on the other side. I, maybe somebody's a spy in the organization. And that's a way that we were able to really disrupt a lot of that. But you know what? That's what the enemy, that's what Satan does to you and I. He does it, not just individuals, but he does it within the church. And he does it by attacking relationships. It does it with, uh, you know, I'm a little suspicious of that person's motives. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, they did this, but you know, this is what I think it really means. This is what I think they were trying to do. Oh, why did they say that? I am really, you know, I'm offended. I'm just so offended that they would say that. Why did they change that song? I can't believe they, they changed that song. I love that song. They got rid of it. Why? I, I mean, what are they trying to say? I mean, why did they change the carpet? Like, there used to be pews. They got rid of that. I mean, they they moved the baptismal from, you know, the behind, and they, they have this portal thing. Like, why? Uh-huh. That's a little suspicious. That's a little suspect. I wonder why they're doing that. I mean, so that's how the enemy attacks. It's through suspicions in relationships and sowing discord. He doesn't just go after individuals but he's really after the church because he hates God. You're not that important. Let me, let me just help you out right there. Like, we're not that important. He hates God. And it's not just about you, but it's about the church. Now, I wanna leave you with these words from the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter six, verse 13. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So he's encouraging you, wherever you've taken your stand, just keep standing. Resist the devil, resist him. Resist those thoughts, resist those urges. Resist making a provision so that you can gratify sinful desires. And just saying, well, I was just born that way. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just natural. Or, you know, a lot of people do that. Or, or I'm affirmed when I'm, when I'm in that relationship or when I'm, when I'm doing that. Don't gratify it. Don't make provision for it, but stand firm in the Lord. Thank you for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe to this and share this with somebody. Maybe with somebody that is struggling in this area, you can begin to share this and maybe this whole series we're doing because I believe this is where God wants to free us and it starts 
when we get to renew our mind and have a new mind reset. You've been listening to Requip Ministries, and thanks so much for listening. And go ahead, head on over to our website for more resources. That's requip.org, R-E-Q-U-I-P.org. And you can always connect with me on social media as well. And until next time, we hope you follow the command to always be prepared for action.